Greetings, this is Carl, and you are listening to Behavior Gap Radio, which is the podcast for members of the Society of Real Financial Advisors all over the world. I sort of laugh at that introduction all the time because I think it's so cool. Um, There is indeed a society of real financial advisors, and chances are, by listening to this, you are a member. Um, Someday we'll have t-shirts. So this uh, is the beginning of a series on what I call below the waterline, and this will be the intro. And it is going to be one, two, three, four, five, six, a six-part series, including this intro. So this is part number one. Let me explain the idea of below the waterline. I think there is so much of what it means to be a real advisor that happens below the waterline. Like think of an iceberg, right? We're all talking about this stuff. Generally, we all talk about the stuff above the waterline, like how to use financial planning software and what Monte Carlo is and even like all the marketing and sales stuff we're getting. And and a lot of the work that we do are the consulting, education, coaching part of my business on communication, right? Above the waterline, all of that stuff. You know, the material you have to study for the CFP, it's all above the waterline. It's what we think it means to be an advisor. And that's often what, like, kind of what we sign up for. But just like an iceberg, the part you see above the waterline is, pales in comparison to the importance of the stuff that actually goes on below. And the reason I want to talk about below the waterline stuff is because it really matters. As a member of the Society of Real Financial Advisors, you have to recognize this stuff below the waterline because if you don't, you won't be in the business long because you'll be stressed out and you'll burn out. And the burnout rate in our business, the turnover rate in our business is way too high, especially among you know really good advisors because I don't think we've we've been able to talk about the below the waterline. And I've appointed myself as the vice president of unspeakable things. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about unspeakable things, all these things below the waterline. And to me, it's what you have to get right to allow you to do all the stuff above the waterline. So let me, let me get a little more specific here for a second. Um, Being a financial advisor, at least being a real one, uh, is stressful. Um, There's almost no way around it. And the reason it's stressful is because it's your job and your sacred duty to help people make really important decisions in the face of irreducible uncertainty. Right? You, you, You are a guide in a changing landscape. It's your job to deal with the unknown. It's your job to look people in the eyes and say, no, you're going to be okay. When the reality is you don't know for sure that they're going to be okay. But it's your job to do that. It's also your job and your sacred duty often to be the release valve for other people's anxiety. When they call you up and say, Carl, I'm really worried about what's going on you know, we could use in the election or or in the Middle East or with oil prices in Canada or, you know, I'm really worried about what's going on. And your job, of course, is to absorb that with empathy because you're the release valve. It's part of what you get paid for. And to, to be honest, it's it's part of the beauty of your role. 
because people don't have anybody else to call. And thank heavens they have you to call. It's part of your job. So if you're the release valve, another way to think of that is it's also going to be part of your job occasionally to walk people in off the ledge. Now, if you're the release valve for other people's anxiety and you're walking people in off the ledge and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not exercising your ability to deal with uncertainty, right? If you're not, you're not taking care of yourself, it won't be long before you're the one out on the ledge. And I've been there. I've actually been there a couple of times. Uh, luckily, not recently, because I think we're, I've been working really hard on the stuff below the waterline. But I know many of you have too. I know that many of you have had challenges with your health and depression and anxiety really because of the stress of what we do for work. And I want to address that real quickly, sort of just mental health for a second. This is real. It's, the, it's, it's real. Um, there was some fascinating work done out of Kansas State. And for some reason, I'm blanking on the two authors, Sonia Britt and Brad Klontz, uh, I think. And please forgive me if I got that wrong. Um, but fantastic work out of Kansas State about the advisors, advisors suffering, and I want to be careful about how I state this, suffering post-traumatic stress disorder-like symptoms, right? That the low level of chronic anxiety that's often around in our world, and sometimes sort of high-level acute anxiety, has an impact on our health, right? It, it just does. And if you've already forgotten, and if none of this is ringing true, just go talk to somebody who will be honest with you, and maybe even better, ask them if you can read their journals, because they probably won't even be able to remember it, because we, we're so good at, at tuning out. It's just, it's, it's a, you know, a hereditary bias we have to keep us alive as a species, is we, we forget quickly about painful stuff. I mean, you could make the argument that that's the reason that women choose to have more than one child. If they choose to have more than one child, the reason is they forgot how painful the first one was, right? At least that's what my wife tells me. So all I'm saying here is uh, if, if you've already forgotten or you weren't around, go talk to somebody who was around in 2008, 2009, you know, 2007, 8, and 9. I mean, it was really, really hard. And don't let anybody tell you that it wasn't, right? Because like, we're all like, oh, yeah, it was fine. Whatever. It was not just go back and look at some of the articles written about it. So all I'm saying here is the mental health issue. And here's one reason I, one thing I like to, it's been helpful for me. A psychiatrist friend of mine explained that you know, these mental health, mental health issues, you know, they're real. It's, it's a chemical challenge in the brain that it would be the equivalent of saying, oh, I can just tough it out, it would be the equivalent of saying like, you've got a broken compound fracture in your leg and the bone is sticking out and you can just put some tape on it, you'll be fine, right? Like it's real stuff. So if you suffer from that, do not let anyone tell you that just, you know, just have, have there's a religious or spiritual, just have more faith or just put some, you know, deal with that, right? Get professional help you need to do that if it involves temp, you know, permanent or temporary medication, you know, whatever it is you need to do. Again, I'm the vice president of unspeakable things, so I can talk about this. I've also been through it, so I can talk about it. It's the real deal. 
and working on it is too critically important for you, for your family, and for the community that you serve. We want you around. The below the line activities are the things that we need to be doing in order to allow us to have healthy, productive, long careers. Now, some people, to be honest, some real financial advisors just don't ever get anxious or worried. And if that's you, count your blessings, like awesome and don't worry. If you're just sitting here going like, Carl, I don't even understand what you mean. I know a couple, and I'm gonna be really stereotypical for a minute, I know a couple of my CPA friends, accountant friends that are in this business that just don't even, just never, feathers never ruffled. Well, that wasn't my blessing or curse in my life, right? Like I get really emotionally wrapped up with my clients. And so I've had to work really hard at building the muscles to deal with anxiety. And here's, here's another way to put it. There's a lot of academic work on this. Tolerance for ambiguity. You know, our ability to deal with uncertainty. That can be strengthened. It can be strengthened, and that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to go through one, two, three, four different areas that we need to be thinking about, and then we'll wrap up with a conclusion. So that is the end of episode one of Below the Waterline for Real Financial Advisors.